Jesus described a relationship with him is one that is life-giving and filled with joy. In the same way that a branch is connected to a vine so that its life flows into it and it produces fruit. That's the kind of relationship that God wants to have with you. He calls it a friendship. He wants to be your friend. Can you imagine that? That the king of the universe desires to actually be your friend and to have his life flow into you in such a way that you're filled with joy and that you flow out with his love bringing refreshment and life into the lives of others. That's the imagery that Jesus is painting here in John 15. I'm sitting in a portion of a vineyard. It's here in Prague 3 in Venerati, which means the castle or king's vineyard. And it's a perfect setting to be reminded that the king of the universe has invited us into a life that is filled with fruit and with joy. What does it look like? What does it look like to be a friend of God? Well, let's go to the scripture and look a little more intently at what Jesus is telling us here in John 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last 
and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Jesus uses the imagery of a vine and its branches to describe the friendship relationship he desires to have with you and I, one that's filled with fruitfulness and with joy. Does that describe your relationship with the Lord? Is that how you view your connection with Jesus? He's very clear in using this illustration because he wants us to see that he is our life source. He's the one that we need to live continually connected to in order to experience the kind of relationship that our heart longs for the most. Let's look at the scripture together and we're just going to explore it verse by verse and see what the Lord is trying to teach us. This is one of the most important concepts I know of in all of the scripture. Far too often, I encounter believers who are struggling in their relationship. They keep um, trying to do more and more. They oftentimes get caught up in a performance lifestyle where they're trying to do something to please God, to pay God back, or to earn God's favor. Instead of understanding, Jesus has already given this to us. He's already invited us into a friendship relationship. When we place our trust in Him as Savior and as Lord, He invites you and I to have life and have life abundant and full of joy. But many people get caught up in performance, in trying harder, in doing more, and feel frustrated because the life that they were looking for seems to come up short. Let's explore the scripture together and see what the Lord would teach us about how we are to abide in Him. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. What Jesus is teaching us here is that once you come into a faith relationship with Him, you don't have to clean your life up. You're already clean. You've already been given forgiveness. You'll never be more forgiven than you are now. You'll never be less forgiven than you are now. Because Jesus knew everything about you when He called you to Himself. And now He says, I don't want you to just be my servant. I'm inviting you to be my friend. To have a life that is so connected to me that it's filled with joy and with purpose, with meaning. Jesus chose this illustration of a vine and its branches because throughout the scripture, a vineyard is used to depict the relationship that God desires to have with his people. In Isaiah 5 and in Psalms 80, we see the people of God depicted as a beloved vineyard. You see, it's a picture of life and fruitfulness. And and even the wine that comes from a vineyard is a picture of joy. That's the kind of relationship God wants you to have. But in order for us to experience it on a daily basis, we must abide in Him and have His Word abide in us. Let's see what else He tells us here in the Scripture. Verse 4, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Are you viewing Jesus as your life source? Are you living connected to him? The word abide comes from, uh, it's a Greek word that is meno, and it means to remain united. When we look at these vines here, we see that if this branch was to attempt to live, if I broke it off and so that it was no longer connected to this vine, it would wither and die very quickly. And it's good for nothing. In fact, the scripture says that it's not good for anything but to be thrown into the fire. It's firewood. But if it remains connected to the vine, the life of the vine will be poured out through the branch, bringing forth life, bringing forth fruit and produce and sustenance. The same is true even more so spiritually. Without Jesus as our life source, we can do nothing. That's why a performance-driven life never works, because we try to do it in our own strength. What happens is oftentimes we feel like we need to prove to God that we were worth saving. And the truth is, we weren't. There's no way that you and I could ever deserve it. We were saved because God loves us, not because we deserve it. And so what we have to do is stay connected to that reality, to that truth that it is God's love for us, it is His character, His nature, His goodness that is what gives us life. And it is that same reservoir, that same vine that enables us to now serve the Lord and accomplish the purpose for which He saved us and calls us. So we have to remain in Him in order for Him to produce life in us and through us. If you're feeling dry, if you're feeling empty, you're feeling like there must be more to this Christian experience than what I'm encountering right now. What you need to do is come back to the source. Reconnect your life to Jesus himself. I want to urge you, if you really are in a place where you feel arid and dry, would you make a commitment to spend time in God's word getting to know Jesus He's revealed himself to us. And, and the thing that I want to encourage you to do is spend time here in the Gospel of John. Allow the words of Jesus to speak directly into your heart, to communicate with you who he really is, what he wants to do in your life, and how you can remain in him. That's what he's teaching us here in this passage, to remain in him because apart from him, we can do nothing. Not only can we not accomplish anything, but we won't have the joy and the intimacy that we desire if we try to do it in our own strength. You see, what happens is when I try to do it in my strength, I'm trying to take the emphasis off of Jesus the vine, the one who produces everything, and shine it on me instead. I'm living for my own glory to show my own goodness rather than to display the greatness of God. Let's look what he says next. Verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This part is so incredible. What he's telling us is that we need to keep our life connected to Jesus continually. And the best way to do that is to have his word then living inside of us. We connect with his word. His word is what guides us and teaches us and shows us what life is really all about. It shows us how we are to reflect the character of God, the grace of God, the holiness of God, the goodness of God. Is His Word abiding in you? Again, if you feel empty, that's the place to go. 
That's the reservoir that we are to drink from continually, is to spend time in His Word, meditating on it, memorizing it, allowing it to show us who God is, how He is working, what He is doing in the lives of others and in the world around us. It's all found in His Word. The scripture in the Psalms tells us how can a man keep his way pure? It's by having his word abide in us. In fact, let's look at that here in Psalm 119. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. God's word is the power for obedience, for transformation. When we store up His Word in our heart, it changes us. It changes how we see ourselves. It changes our perspective on the lives of others. It changes our perspective on our circumstances. It changes everything. When we store up His Word in our heart, it gives us the power to be changed, to choose to have doing God's will be the very food of our soul. It releases us from temptation. That's what the psalmist is saying here. The way to keep your way pure, to have a life that honors God, is to draw from the Word of God into your life so that He becomes the deepest desire of our heart. When we want to please Him, then it is easy to obey His commandments. That's what Jesus is teaching us in this passage as well. He says again in verse 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask what you wish, and it will be done for you. Well, what does that mean? Does it mean that if we've just memorized some scriptures, we can ask anything we want and it'll happen magically? No. It means when God's Word begins to govern our mind and our heart so we see His purpose and His agenda, then we're able to ask things of God that are rightly aligned with His will. And He boldly answers us, yes, because he wants to accomplish his work in us and through us. That's how we can ask and it will be done for us. Is when his agenda, when his will is the center point of our heart and of our mind. Then everything comes into perfect alignment and we're able to see God's work in us and through us. Verse 8 is a beautiful part of this passage. It says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. The evidence that we belong to Christ is a fruitful life. And that fruit, first of all, is the fruits of the Spirit that we see in Galatians. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, long-suffering. Those things become characteristics in us that look more and more like the person of Jesus Christ as we see Him revealed in the Scriptures. And what He's saying is, when that happens in your life, the Father is glorified in you and then through you. You see, we're designed to have an irresistible faith. When people look at your life, do they see a hope, a joy, and a love that attracts them to you? If so, they're seeing a glimpse, a reflection of God at work in your life. That's the fruit that we are to produce. Oftentimes, though, the church is known by many other things other than its love, other than its joy, other than its hope. Let's make it our commitment to glorify the Father by pursuing the Word of God in our heart and life, abiding in Christ as the vine, as the true life source of everything within us, and then allowing His life to produce fruit in us and through us 
so that we glorify God. Well, what does that mean? Glorifying God means that our lives show the greatness and goodness of God. That's what we were created to do. And it's only when we abide in the vine, when the life of Jesus flows into us and through us, that we're able to truly show the greatness and goodness of God. How do we do that? This is the key to everything. Verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Think about those words for a moment that Jesus says. He says the same quality, the same character of love that the Father has for Jesus Christ is how he loves you and me. That should blow you away. God loves you in the same way he loves Jesus, the Son. Isn't that amazing to think about that? And he says, now, in order for you to really experience this abundant life that I want to lead you into, you need to abide in my love. Last week when I was sharing the gift, how to give each day back to the Lord, the I of gift, G-I-F-T, was immerse yourself in God's love for you and for others. And it comes right from this verse, abide in God's love. It means we need to make the reservoir of everything within us God's love. The love that He has, the Father has for the Son, is reflected directly in the love that Jesus has for you. He loves you in the same way. He doesn't love you conditionally based on how well you perform. He loves you because that is His character. That is His nature. He loves you to the fullest. There's nothing that you can do that will make God love you more, and there's nothing you've ever done that will make Him love you less. Because all of that was dealt with on the cross when you place your trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and as Lord. All of that is taken care of. So now the secret to life, the secret to joy, the secret to happiness is to abide in Jesus' love. The same kind of love that God the Father has for God the Son. That's where to spend our life. We're to connect into that reservoir and allow that to flow in us and through us. By the way, that's also how we're to love others. When we see others, we're to ask the Lord to show us His love for them. Not our love for them. Not whether or not they measure up in our standards. Whether or not their lifestyle, their choices reflect our values or our convictions or our political views. We're to love them as God loves us. And God demonstrated His love towards us in that while we were still sinners, while we were enemies, Christ died for us. That's how we're to love others. But we can only do that when we abide in God's love, when it flows in us and through us. Here's what happens when we abide in that love. Verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Jesus is giving us the secret. He's saying that the reason He was able to completely do the will of God is because He rested, He lived, He remained in the Father's love continually. When Jesus said, it is my food to do the will of the Father, He's saying that that's His life source. That the love of the Father is is where He continually goes to drink and to eat so that He may do the Father's will. Jesus will go on in just a little while and say, if you keep my commandments, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. 
And he's saying that it's not a duty that we perform. It is the natural fruit that's produced in our life when we love the Lord in reflection of how he loves us. Jesus tells us to keep his commandments and to abide in his love so that we can be like him, be a reflection of him. And that happens when our life is so connected, is grafted in to the love of Jesus Christ. How are we doing in that? I know I need to continually come back to that and ask the Lord to remind me of the depth and greatness of his love, of the breadth of his love. He showed his love to us in the ultimate way on the cross, but he shows his love to us every day if we'll look for it. He shows his love to us in the beauties and wonders of creation. He shows it to us in how life operates in nature. Just as this illustration of a vine and its branches and the beauty of, of the leaves as they're coming to life in the spring and the promise that one day they will bring forth an abundant harvest of fruit, we see that all as a picture of the love of God being displayed as a reminder of how much God loves his creation. But he loves you and I even more because we're made in his image, in his likeness. And he gave the life of his son for you and for me. Ask the Lord to renew your sense of his love for you and his love for the people around you and his love for this world, for the creation. It is absolutely abundant. And when we live there, when we remain in his love, we're able to bring glory to the Father and to accomplish and complete the commandments of God. Verse 11, he says it this way. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So many times, people's impression of God is that God is looking for ways to catch them in doing something wrong. He's looking for ways to to take the things that they would enjoy away from them. You see, it's the advertising of the enemy that seeks to sell God short, as if God was trying to keep you from experiencing all the wonders that sin offers. But God wants you to have life and have joy and have it to the full, abundant. His plan for you, his plan for me, is the very best plan in all of the universe. There's nowhere else in this world that you could look and find more satisfaction, more meaning, or more joy than in Jesus Christ and in his plan for your life and what he wants to do through you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that's true? If not, I want to encourage you to test him. To, Lord, show, pray to the Lord and say, Lord, show me how much you love me and show me how to live in your love so that I'm transformed and I become more and more like Jesus Christ. I can tell you based on God's word and on experience that it's absolutely true. The more that we abide in Christ and the more that he begins to to control our thoughts, our minds, our desires, the more joy we have, the fuller we'll become. Doesn't mean that we don't encounter hardships and difficulties and trials, grief and heartache, we do but we have the joy of the Lord in the midst of them. That is the hope that transforms absolutely everything. Do you believe that God's plan for your life is the very best plan? If not, would you simply come to him and say, Lord, I've been wrestling with this. I've been struggling with this, but I wanna believe you. 
And so as much as I'm able, would you enable me to trust you right now, to trust your plan for my life? I'm going to rest my confidence, not in my strength, not in what I think is best, but in your love and what Jesus has proven to me through his death, burial, and resurrection. Lord, help me to abide in you right now, to remain in you. Because, Lord, I want more of you. You see, it's not a bad thing to want more of God. He's infinite, so you can never have all that he is. There's always more to experience. There's always more to encounter in him and through him. But you and I have to be willing to say, Lord, I want more of you. I want to abide in you. That's the invitation that Jesus is giving us. Look what he says next. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. Think about it. The God of the universe has a right to command of you and I absolutely anything he wants. And the command that he focuses in on is to love. And to love others the way God loves us. A sacrificial love. Now, what's so amazing about that is that it's absolutely unnatural. You and I, in ourselves, in our flesh, we can't love others sacrificially. Not in the way that Jesus does. It is only when His life is in us that we're able to love our enemies and to love others who maybe aren't our friends or our family in the way that God loves us. But that's His command. That's the way we show His greatness in the most beautiful and powerful ways imaginable. Are you willing to experience that? Are you willing to see if God can show you and empower you to love others in that way? Oh, I want to challenge you to take God on His word. Meditate on these verses and allow Him to bring them to life in you and through you. There is no greater joy you could ever experience than that. Because what it does is you will discover that in the process of loving others sacrificially, God shares His very heart with you. There's nothing more beautiful in all of the universe than that. Greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. The God of the universe is saying to each person that places their trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. I want an intimate relationship with you. I want you to know me and share with me a common heart, a common purpose, a common joy, a common love. That's what friends do. They share those things together and they grow in their friendship. They grow in their joy in spending time together, in doing things together, in working together. You know, if you've got a difficult task to do, it becomes so much easier when you invite a friend to come and labor beside you. The same is even more true when we do the work that the Lord has called us to do as His friends. When we allow His life to flow in us and we serve His purpose, 
and His plans. It becomes a labor of love. It becomes a joy that overshadows everything in us. And did you notice what He said in there? He said, I chose you. Do you realize that the God of the universe chose you to be His friend, to love you? Before you were ever born, before the earth was ever formed, the scriptures reveal that God knew us, that He chose us in Christ Jesus before anything else happened. And so knowing everything about you and everything about me, the God of the universe chose us and calls us into a love relationship by faith with His Son. What could be a greater invitation than that? If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and as Lord, I want to urge you to do so today. All you need to do is simply say, Lord, I'm coming to you, not based upon my own merit, not based on anything I've done or anything I deserve, because all I deserve is sin and death. Your word says that the wages of sin is death. And so I'm coming with no pretense and simply calling on the name of your son and saying, Jesus, would you save me? That's how a relationship with Christ begins. And the promise of his word is that when we do that, when we call upon the name of Jesus Christ and ask him to save us and confess him as our Lord, that he comes into us, he places his Holy Spirit in us to live within us. And, and it's a guarantee that we have a relationship with him. Then he invites us to experience life with him, to live connected to him. That's what abiding in him as the vine means, to, that we share life with Christ. We live in union with him. That's the invitation he's giving to us. And maybe, maybe you have questions about that. Maybe it doesn't all make sense to you just yet. I want to encourage you to email us or put some comments there in uh, Facebook or YouTube. We would love to help show you what the scripture tells us about how your relationship with God can flourish, how you can know Him intimately and deeply. And so if you have questions about that, would you write to us? In the meantime, let me pray for each and every one of you that are watching right now. Lord God, your word is powerful. You've promised that your word never returns void. Lord, I know the frailty of, of my own ability to be, to be able to explain your word, but your word never returns void. So Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would speak into the hearts and minds of each person that's watching today, each one that's listening, and would you bring it to life? Even as your life flows through a vine into its branches and produces fruit, Lord, we're asking that you would produce spiritual fruit in the hearts and lives of the people watching together today. Bring them to you. Bring them to the point of calling out to you and relying on you as their life source in every circumstance. Lord, enable us to remain, to abide in you. Because, Lord, we want your joy and we want to show your greatness. We want to bring glory and honor to you, Jesus Christ, and glory and honor to your Father. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. Well, I hope that today's timing in the Word has been an encouragement to you. And again, if you have questions, feel free to email us, write something there on Facebook. We'd love to be able to walk alongside of you and show you the goodness and greatness of Jesus Christ. If you're here in Prague, we'll be gathering together soon. We'll be making decisions um, 
based upon what the instructions are from, from the officials, as well as what will set a good example and be safe for everyone. But we're moving towards a corporate gathering in the near future, possibly one outdoors, and we'll be giving more information about that soon. But in the meantime, if we can be an encouragement to you, just let us know. God bless you, and may you learn this day to abide in Jesus as your life, as your love, as the source of absolutely everything, and fill you with his incredible joy.